0: I'm Peter Bonham McNiss, and he is Chris Lane, And welcome to another of these regular property briefings. And a warm welcome to you,
1: Chris. Well, thanks for that, and uh, I'm delighted to be here.
0: You know, every now and then, I think it's probably worthwhile to revisit your nine step investment formula. And as I looked at it the other day, I noticed that finance seems to play a rather major role.
1: And there's a reason for that, because it's one of the most important aspects of purchasing commercial property. I mean, you can analyse and research a property as much as you like to arrive at the best deal, but if you don't pay enough attention to the finance, then everything can fall apart. And normally... People simply don't realise that probably the most complex, time-consuming and confusing aspect of commercial property investing is actually arranging the finance if you decide to do it all by yourself. And that's one of the main reasons that I always use, and I'd strongly recommend that as an investor that you use too, is a good finance broker. Now, it's not that you're incapable of doing it yourself. It's simply that it's an unproductive use of your time with a pretty steep learning curve as well. And not only do you need to decide upon the best type of finance, you also need to uncover the lowest rate, most favourable terms. And therefore, unless you do this on a day-to-day basis, you really wouldn't know where to begin.
0: Is there a difference between residential and commercial lending?
1: Well, there are actually a number of significant differences between the two forms of finance. You see, with residential properties, the lenders pay little regard to the property's income-generating potential. They tend to focus mainly on the borrower's ability to service the loan because the value of a residential property can be very quickly established through comparison with a large number of broadly similar properties. And therefore, whether it's vacant or whether it's occupied, it seems to make little or no difference as far as the lender's concerned. But with commercial property, the income potential becomes paramount. And that's what they tend to focus on. And as such, the length of the lease and the quality of the tenant are the key things that tend to stand out when you're trying to borrow for commercial property. And that's really the main difference between the two. Furthermore, you need to understand that you're not able to borrow for longer than the lease period itself. And that's why some properties having only a 12 or 18-month lease tend to run into difficulties when you're trying to obtain finance because banks won't lend for three or four years when the lease will expire before that time and the tenant might vacate, leaving the lender exposed. So unless you have significant assets, it's going to present a problem, which is why I generally recommend having a minimum of a three-year lease, ideally longer, to assist when you're arranging your finance.
0: Presumably, lenders focus on certain aspects.
1: Well, basically there are three things, and I've touched on the property's income earning potential because fundamentally, after you allow for operating expenses, your lender wants to know, is there enough Adequate income to ensure that the mortgage can be serviced. And as I said, that's where the length of the lease and the quality of the tenant come in. And that's to ensure there is sufficient level of income. And more importantly, that it will be ongoing. One of the advantages of a commercial lease is that in 95% of the circumstances, the tenants will pay the outgoings. Sometimes it's a gross lease, but Nowadays, that's rare. So commercial tenants will pay you the rental and then they will pay the rates and the building maintenance insurance and sometimes, if the lease is properly structured, even the management fees. So it's that net figure the financier is looking at to determine whether it will be sufficient cover for the mortgage payments, plus of course the length of the remaining term on the lease. So this all relates to debt coverage ratio. And that's the, is calculated by dividing the property's net income, which we've just covered, by the annual interest payments. Now, depending on your lender and the specific requirements they have, the debt coverage ratio may range somewhere between 1.1 and 1.35 times the annual net rental. But as a general rule of thumb, you can work on 1.2 times, and that's sort of considered the norm. Therefore, clearly, the higher that figure, the greater the comfort for the lender, and the more likely your loan application will get a speedy consideration and approval. So again, working with your broker, you will be able to get all your ducks in a row as far as making a formal application to avoid you having to spend hours doing it. Now your broker will organise everything, helping you get all the information packaged up and also place it in a format that the particular lender or lenders may require so that it presents your case in the most favourable light. The third thing obviously is your loan to value ratio now with commercial property that will generally max out at about 70% of the property's value not necessarily the price you pay but the property's actual value at this level you'll be required to provide personal guarantees however if you're prepared to reduce your borrowing to 60% of the property's value, you could then obtain what's called non-recourse finance, where the property then provides the sole security for the loan. And that way, you're not required to provide any personal guarantee. Now, as you can appreciate, this becomes rather important if you do have two or more parties buying the same property and sharing it, perhaps via a syndicate or a unit trust or a partnership. And you really don't want to have personal guarantees involved because they are what's called joint and several guarantees. In other words, you only want to be responsible for your share of the loan. Therefore, if your appetite for borrowing is conservative, you should be seeking out non-recourse finance to avoid any
0: unnecessary risks. Could you quickly cover the loan application process?
1: What you need to understand is that up until the point you have actually purchased the property, no lender is going to sign off on every aspect of the loan deal. And that's where having a good finance broker can make a huge difference because If the lender is comfortable working with that broker over a period of time, he or she can get an indicative approval of the loan, generally within 48 hours. And that's what you want ideally before submitting your purchase proposal. Now, as you recall, part of the overall finance process is not so much the loan, it's knowing in advance that the property will ultimately value up to what you paid for it. And that's where having that advice, knowing up front in advance that the, the figure to which a value would support provides you with some much wanted early comfort. So really the indicative proposal from the lender is more about confirming you have the financial capability and finding out what the current interest rate is plus if there are any commercial terms that you can't live with. And as I said, this is where a good finance broker is invaluable. As such, it's not a complicated process. However, if you approach a lender direct, the first thing they'll want to know is have your full financial backgrounds and so forth. However, with a finance broker, you can step around that. Yes, you will have to provide it ultimately but not at this early stage and initially your broker will go out to a handful of lenders and obtain indicative proposals from them based upon their relationship with those lenders over time. As such, you can very quickly have the details you'll need to progress further with confidence and commit to purchase the chosen property.
0: So, what happens next?
1: Well, after you've secured the property and contracts are exchanged, you sit down with the finance broker to put together your personal credentials that the lender will require. And those are passed across along with a copy of the contract of sale. Now, unlike the normal procedure where you go cap in hand to the lender who organizes the valuation, you'll remember you are the one who instructs the valuers who have already given you that pre-advice as to how much they're prepared to support, and you have them carry out the formal valuation, which you then give to your finance broker as a soft copy to on-send to lenders as confirmation of the contract price. Now, as I said, that's what the lenders would traditionally organise, however, by Taking this important step, which is number five in my investment formula, it means that you, not the lender, hold control of the entire process and can thereby ensure that you don't encounter any unwanted surprises as settlement approaches. Plus, you get to borrow the funds on the terms and conditions that ultimately suit you. But unbeknown to the lender you already knew the valuation would support the purchase price because you already had that advice in advance. So this departure from the traditional approach is designed to remove any unwanted surprises and to make it a smooth pathway for you knowing that you are no longer at the mercy of the lender. So it's a pretty simple procedure, but I found it works for me and my clients over the last 40 odd years and it's one that I'd recommend that you start adopting and after everything's been agreed with the lender it's then and only then that you arrange for the valuation to be assigned across to the lender. In other words it's simply reissued in the name of the lender themselves. Now your finance broker will have already had the lenders agree that they're happy to work with the particular values because they are already on the lenders' panels all around Australia. But by following this simple process, it should help to guarantee you enjoy plain sailing right through to settlement, trouble-free.
0: Well, I think that was really worthwhile and has no doubt helped to clarify a few things for our listeners.
1: As I mentioned earlier today, the aspect of finance needs to be handled properly in order for you to
0: ensure your ongoing success. Yes, and I think you've made that very clear. So thank you once again, Chris. Well, it's my pleasure, as always.